My brother-in-law died suddenly, and now my sister and her kids have to sell their home. That's why I told my husband we could not put off getting life insurance any longer. An agent offered us a 10-year, $500,000 policy for nearly $50 a month. Then we called SelectQuote. SelectQuote found us identical coverage for only $19 a month, a savings of $369 a year. Whether you need a $500,000 policy or a $5 million policy, SelectQuote could save you more than 50% on term life insurance. For your free quote, go to SelectQuote.com. SelectQuote.com. That's SelectQuote.com. SelectQuote. We shop. You save. Full details on example policies at SelectQuote.com slash commercials. You knew the job was dangerous when you took it, Fred. I have a question. Shh, be respectful Medea. of me. You can act like a man! He's colossal. It's stupendous. One might even go so far as to say he's mediocre. I guess I should salute you with a worthy adversary and all that, but the truth is, I really did hate your guts. It's the Single Storm Podcast. You know, I can I can never say that I was feeling sad or sorry for President Trump. Uh, the entire time he's been on the national stage in politics, I well, at the national stage or in politics, I can never remember myself saying, "Man, I really feel badly. I really feel sorry for President Trump." Man, man's got money coming out of his eyeballs. He's got fame. He's got he's got everything he wants, and. The closest I've come to to feeling sorry for him is recognizing what he represents to the other side, uh, Republicans and Democrats who want to maintain power and control over us and what he is doing, risking everything that he has to basically say, no, that's not America. We need to get back to being the United States of America. So the level of incoming that he has had to take, I, I think that that's made me angry. The amount of incoming I've been also overcome with a sense of marveling at how this guy gets up every day and keeps on coming. It, it, it's something to behold, but I've, I've never come close to saying, man, I feel sorry for Trump until last week, until last week, then all the emotion that, uh, that I just mentioned to you being marveling at his, at his ability to hang in there and being angry at those who are firing at him constantly because th- he will thwart what their dark designs against us. He will do that. That's what he's that's what he's all about. What they what they call a disruptor in American politics. Last week, you might remember President Trump had a funeral to go to. And I think I played this on radio. Did I play it here? I can't remember if I did, but this was after the Iowa caucuses win, the landslide he enjoyed, and his victory speech afterward, which was very conciliatory to his opponents. And, and then he started talking about family. Listen. I think most importantly, I want to thank my incredible wife, uh, First Lady, I'll say former and maybe future. But more important than Melania, I want to thank her 
incredible, beautiful mother who passed away a few days ago. And she's up there, way up there. She's looking down and she's so proud of us. And I just want to say to Amalia, you are special. One of the most special people I've ever known. And uh, that was a tough period of time for the family. But she, uh, she's amazing. She was amazing. So I just want to thank what she's done for our family and her husband, who's home right now and very lonely. He's a lonely man, but he's going to be okay. Victor, they're great people, great uh, Great parents to all of us, really, great parents, but also to Baron. Boy, did she take care of Baron. That's how he got so tall. He only ate her food. <laughs> so this is a side of Trump that we're not used to seeing. And, and one of my takeaways from his speech was he was gracious toward his opponents. He was uh, setting a tone of unification, and he talked about his family and led us into the, the amount of, of turmoil uh, ushered in by Democrats and pro-Democrat Republicans against his family that they've been enduring. And to go on like that about his mother-in-law, I just, I thought it was real. And again, I think, I think Trump has been sobered about who it is that he's fighting, about the reality of what the Democrats have devolved into, what these never-Trump Republicans have devolved into. A- absolute savage monsters, anti-American savage monsters in particular the socialist democrats and we saw the monster the head of this monster rear its ugly head in one of trump's trials this is the e john carroll trial i believe by the way the same guy bankrolling e john carroll's trial against trump is the same one who just donated 200 what fifty thousand dollars to nikki haley's campaign crazy right anyway so Trump was going to go to the funeral, so he and his attorneys asked the judge for uh, a little leeway because of a, of a significant death in the family. Here's the president. Well, thank you very much. So, uh, as you know, uh, the first lady's mother passed away. The funeral is tomorrow, and we would have assumed that for a trial like this, it's not an emergency in terms of timing. Uh, the judge would have been very nice and would let me go because I want to be at every trial day uh, because I saw what happened in the first one where I was asked not to go by the lawyers very much. They said, it, it's demeaning. There was no evidence. There was no anything. And so I didn't go. And I understood exactly what he meant when he said it was demeaning. There was no reason to go and you shouldn't go. And I decided on this one, same judge, same judge. He's a radical Trump hater. And uh, I said, uh, I will go to all days. So what happened very terribly is we asked to just delay the trial for one day so I could go to the funeral tomorrow and then we could start Friday or Monday or any time they want. And he said, absolutely not. The trial will go on just as it is. You can go to the funeral or you can go to the trial, but you can't do both. I thought it was terrible. I thought it was terrible. So he would rather have me miss the funeral or go to the funeral, miss the trial. And that's a nasty man. He's a nasty judge. He's a Trump-hating guy. And uh, it's obvious to everybody in the court. It's a disgrace, frankly, what's happening. It's a disgrace. Happens to be a Clinton appointment, but I'm sure that has nothing to do with it. So that- No, I'm sure it has everything to do with it, to be honest with you. And that's the caliber of people that we're dealing with. This is, this is what, who and what the Democrats are. They play for keeps. They hate us with every fiber of their being, and they will act on it. 
They will. They actively work to make our lives miserable. That's the Democrats' lot in life. They get up every day trying to make other people's lives miserable. That's who they are. Have you seen the sewer these people are on Twitter and on social media? Now, I want you guys to contrast how that Democrat judge uses all of his powers to screw with Republicans, to harm them in any way he possibly can. And then I want you to compare what the Republicans just did. After, after Hunter Biden made, made a mockery of their subpoena, after the Republicans went on vacation and then went down to a photo op on the border in response and then finally got around to two committees voting to hold him in contempt, after he showed up, Hunter Biden showed up to these, these proceedings and spat in the Republicans' faces and then walked out, showed his hubris and arrogance. The Republicans decided to reward Hunter Biden. They said, oh, no, we're, we're, we're going to suspend. We're going to suspend a full vote on holding Hunter Biden in contempt because his attorney said, although we issued an, uh, a wrong subpoena, which they didn't. And, he demand, and then he demanded that we reissue a subpoena, which they dutifully did. They, they reissued another subpoena. And then, and then these Republicans, after everything Hunter Biden has done to them, they said, oh, okay, well, we're going to allow you not to be held in contempt because we Republicans agree with the Democrats' double standards. Democrats will play for keeps keeping President Trump either from his trial date or from his from a funeral, making him choose. The Republicans will just be there to pat the bum bums of the Democrats. Folks, I think we need we need more Republicans with steely eyed focus like President Trump, in my humble opinion. Coming up, a full evaluation of Trump's massive win in Iowa as New Hampshire votes in their primary on the Salcedo Storm podcast. And now a word from our sponsor. I'm sure you've seen all these Obamacare commercials. If they were accurate, everybody would be happy and your wallet wouldn't be dragged over the coals. In the real world, it appears those ads are just as much BS as Obamacare is. What if you're under 65 and need quality, affordable health coverage? American Medical Plan specializes in under 65 health insurance plans that have zero co-pays at the doctor and no deductible on all outpatient services, including surgeries. You pick your doctors and hospitals. There are private plans, enroll anytime, and they are 30 to 60% less than Obamacare. If you're paying too much for your own health insurance, call American Medical Plans. They will customize a plan managed and chosen by you, not the government. A liberty-loving American takes on Washington, Hollywood, and the whole media establishment. He's Chris Salcedo. Join his fight. Tune in to The Chris Salcedo Show every weekday afternoon on Newsmax. Have you been growing frustrated that all your favorite stuff's getting canceled out there by the woke crowd? When Fox News, in deference to leftists, got rid of Tucker Carlson. Didn't you say to yourself, nobody asked me? Folks, you have power to stop that. Stop funding woke companies. Support those who stand for America, your rights, and your values. Go with Patriot Mobile. I know what you're saying. How is Patriot Mobile going to help me fight back? Well, not only do they have an industry-leading coverage guarantee, 
guarantee. They're also America's only Christian conservative cell phone provider. And then there's this. When you make the switch to Patriot Mobile by going to patriotmobile.com storm, patriotmobile.com storm, you support me. You keep my voice independent, making sure the woke crowd can't touch me. So if you prize your values, if you like good value, and you want to keep your liberty-loving Latino conservative, strong, and unafraid, go to patriotmobile.com storm. Use my promo code STORM, get free activation, or call 972-PATRIOT. 972-PATRIOT. Take a stand against the woke at patriotmobile.com storm. Tired of cable news lying to you? It's time the establishment media went the way of the dinosaurs and for free digital journalism to rise. At Texas Scorecard, we bring you real news for real Texas with no paywalls ever. Go to texasscorecard.com today. Amber Duke is the Washington editor at The Spectator and senior Blankley fellow at the Steamboat Institute previously covering the White House for the Daily Caller. She's the author of The Snowflakes Revolt, How Woke Millennials Hijacked American Media. Amber, welcome back. Thanks for having me. It's good to be back. Pleasure's uh, all mine. Look, top-line reaction to an overwhelming record-setting victory from President Trump in, in Iowa. I don't think there were any surprises. Um, the, the caucus shaked out pretty much exactly as the polls predicted. Trump was going to be up by about 30 points. Uh, DeSantis and Haley vying for second place with DeSantis probably getting the edge. And that's exactly what we saw. So I, I just think that everyone who was expecting some major upset maybe has to do a little soul searching. Well, yeah, let me go through some of the storylines from, from yesterday and then get you, if you, if you have some other storylines that you want to add, feel free, but this never works out well. When, when a political candidate overreaches rhetorically, and Nikki Haley did one of the cardinal sins and one of the no-nos in politics, she declared it, it was a race between her and President Trump, and then she comes in third, <laughs> you know? <laughs> so that was one that makes you chuckle, but, but it also, I mean, what do you want to credit that to? Was it DeSantis's ground game? That, that allowed him to secure the second-place finish? And how ill-advised was it for Nikki Haley to, uh, to grab that, that second-place mantle ahead of schedule? So I think, actually, the better explanation is probably just the fact that Iowa is less moderate than New Hampshire, and that's where Nikki Holt, Haley is performing better than DeSantis. Because DeSantis, is, I mean, apparently he has a good ground game. Uh, he did the 99 Counties tour. But Nikki Haley also has the help of Americans for Prosperity that already had a really uh, entrenched grassroots movement. So I'm just not sure that you can compare their ground game and say that that's what necessarily made the difference. But yeah, that was a blunder for her to say. I mean, I guess obviously her logic is, well, I'm the only one that's going to have the ability to come in second in New Hampshire. You know, they have an open primary. I'm going to win the moderates and the Democrats. But she just has this history now over the past few weeks of making these boneheaded comments. Yeah. Like when she said New Hampshire corrects the votes of Iowa and that you have to change personalities when you go from state to state. It's like yeah. she can't keep her foot out of her mouth. Well, no, it's true. And again, Nikki Haley appears to be embracing the Mitch McConnell, John Cornyn, Liz Cheney moderate position in the face of arguably the most left-wing, anti-American version of the Democrat Party this nation has ever seen. So, Amber, I don't. I think Americans, by and large, seeing the dumpster fire that has been Joe Biden 
the last thing they want to hear is, oh, we need to accommodate or meet these people halfway. And certainly Iowa feels that way. What is your general feeling about the electorate? Yeah, I think that's exactly right. I mean, we saw some polling. Uh, Fox News voter analysis did a pretty good comprehensive study of the Iowa voters, Mm -hmm. and they found that one of the most important things that these people are looking for is someone who is a strong leader. And I think that there's been this misconception that voters are ready to just move on from Trump because of the difficulties facing him. But I think actually Republican voters recognize that you can't allow the left to set this precedent where if they just launch war lawfare, if they if they mobilize the media against you, that you can just pull your candidate and they don't have to run against him. I, I mean, that's what they're trying to do. And uh, I would also point out in response to Nikki Haley and Ron DeSantis's electability arguments that there was some polling done, done on if Republican voters would ultimately coalesce around whoever the general candidate was. And it was 30% of voters uh, in the Republican Party in the Iowa caucus who said that they would ultimately not vote for Nikki Haley or Ron DeSantis if yeah. they won the nomination. Only 22% said the same of Donald Trump. So, okay, maybe you can win moderates. Maybe you can get some never-Trump Republicans. But are you also losing a significant portion of the Trump voter base? And, I mean, how does that impact your electability argument, right, if you're having a bunch of defectors because they're unhappy that you took out their guy? Yeah, well, not only that, but but they don't believe you have the gumption to 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 bring a reckoning that I believe is much needed. Amber Duke is our guest right now, the Washington editor at The Spectator. So Amber, what I mean by this, and the left wing is making a big deal of this and and President Trump's Republican detractors are making a big deal out of this. All Trump wants is revenge, right? All President Trump wants is is revenge. And, I, and I, I'm sitting here thinking, why are we running from this? Because to be quite frank, the Democrats never pay a price when they go extra constitutional. They never pay a price when they take away our rights, our liberties, our freedoms in the name of socialism or Marxism, or whatever they're pushing, you know, the, the, whatever the, is their, their divisive tactic of the day. And, and, and I do believe that these Democrats should pay a steep price for saying, you know what, we're going to, we're going to stop democracy. We're going to stop the vote. We're not going to give you a choice. We're going to take away your appliances. We're going to take. We're going to tell you how to run your life. There has to be a consequence for what these Democrats are doing to us. No, exactly. No, I feel the same way, um, and I think it's pretty myopic for people to say that this is just about Trump because it's obviously not. We've seen the weaponization of the Department of Justice over the past few years with Merrick Garland in charge, going after school board parents, Catholics, uh, anyone basically to the right of Stalin is criminalized (laughs) under under his regime. Uh, And by the way, I mean, the ATF has been making all kinds of new rules and regulations as well and what kind of guns you can have in your house. And so, I mean, if that's that's what they're trying to do, if they're trying to take away your, your right to vote for someone, while also saying that your forms of protest, whether it's at a pro-life clinic or at a school board, are unlawful. We're going to throw you in jail. We're going to uh, give greater sentences to all of these January 6th political prisoners than anyone who participated in the riots in the summer of 2020. 
yeah, people want revenge, and I don't think there's anything wrong with that. No, there isn't. Because, And again, another way of saying revenge is making Democrats pay for their wrong decisions. They, they, yeah, made, they made wrong decisions. In a lot of cases, they broke the law. They violated our rights. You violate my rights, you get in the way of my, my family's security, my nation's security. You get in the way of my prosperity. You get in the way of my freedom. You're damned right you ought to pay a price for that because that's not American and that's wrong. And that's what I think, you know, the Rachel Maddows of the world, the MSNBSs of the world, they were melting down last night, by the way, over these over these results. Jake Tapper, Jake Tapper cuts away when President Trump starts talking about the open borders. He cuts away and says, oh, it's Donald Trump's anti-immigrant, anti-immigrant sentiments. And I'm thinking to myself, Jake Tapper, what a dishonest prig you are, P-R-I-G. You know, what a dishonest person you are that is coveted at CNN. You're so insane and so lacking of intellectual heft. You can't tell the difference between an illegal alien and an immigrant. And then we're supposed to have a conversation and think it's valid over at CNN. Over 9 million illegal aliens and millions of them unvetted, posing a national security risk to this country. And we're supposed to have a conversation with these people? No, we're supposed to defeat these people, right? It's the same playbook that they used in 2016 where they still believe, I mean, they don't believe it, but they say it because that's what they do. Um, but they, they claim that Trump was referring to all immigrants as rapists and murderers. And in 2020, they did the same thing with Biden launching his campaign saying that Trump failed to condemn white supremacists in Charlottesville, another lie. And now they're going after him again on, I mean, immigration, it would be incredibly, even worse than 2016. It would be so stupid to do it now because now we're having record numbers every single month of illegal immigrants crossing the border. But they're also going after him for allegedly being a dictator, right? (laughs) So you have the Atlantic, the Washington Post, the New York Times. They all ran these feature articles just a few weeks ago comparing Trump to Hitler. The New Yorker did a cover that had him basically in Nazi regalia. I mean, it's insane that they keep doing the same thing over and over again, trying to just slander this guy. Right. Uh, I think you're you're right. It would be silly. It would be insane. It would be stupid to go after President Trump after massive, uncontrolled illegal immigration that no majority in America supports. But if, if it's stupid... This is CNN. Yeah. So that's that's exactly what happens uh, <laughs> over there. So now, look, you mentioned New Hampshire a couple of times. So let's let's forecast out. Right? We're coming out of Iowa. We're going into New Hampshire. How does this play out? And I think I want to I want to set this question up with the realization that right now, according to the polling, that uh, President Trump is leading both of his challengers because Vivek Ramaswamy dropped out Nikki Haley and Ron DeSantis in both of their home states. So mm-hmm. what about New Hampshire? Yeah, I, I think it just doesn't matter at this point. Um, Nikki Haley would have to outright win New Hampshire for her to get any momentum. And even then, it would be immediately blunted by South Carolina. Uh, she has also said that she's not going to participate in any of the debates in New Hampshire unless Trump is there, which I guess plays into her idea that this is a, a two-person race. Mm-hmm. Ron DeSantis has been losing ground in New Hampshire, so I think he's pretty much out of it already. I mean, I, I guess I, I kind of agree with Nikki Haley in that sense. Um, 
there's been a lot of speculation that he would drop out after Iowa if he didn't overperform uh, because he spent like $200 million and didn't get much return for it. So, uh, yeah, I mean, New, New Hampshire will be the nail in the coffin. If Trump finishes first there, barring some crazy upset, which, you know, so far the polls have been pretty right on, uh, that's it. I mean, you can wrap it up there. I, you don't even have to factor in South Carolina and Super Tuesday and all that. I think New Hampshire would would seal the deal for Trump if he, if he comes in first. Some stats uh, I, I want to, to throw out there before I ask my final question, Amber. Uh, political polls on X putting out the cost per vote for each one of the candidates. President Trump spending $340 per, per vote. Ron DeSantis spending $1,697.96 per vote. And Nikki Haley spending $1,797.84 per vote in Iowa. So just wrap this up because I think and I think we've touched base on this. This country is in real trouble because of because the Democrats are trying to make elections irrelevant. They're trying to make sure they have unchallenged power and they're trying to turn the American dynamic on its head. It's not no longer a government of by and for the people, according to Democrats. They want to make this a government centered country rather than a people centered country. How big a trouble do you think we're in? Uh, I think we're we're in big trouble, but I mean, it seems like there's a solution sitting right in front of our face. Those uh, those dollar stats are important, I think, because it shows you you can't buy an organic movement, you can't buy a grassroots swell, um, and that's why Trump has been so successful because the support for him is real, it's authentic, it's organic, and it's not something you can create out of thin air. Um, I think people are going to be surprised this fall. Um, I'm I'm actually kind of hopeful. Yeah, it, it does it does give a little bit of a, a spring in the step for those who want to see a reckoning for the Democrats and a restoration of what America used to be. Amber Duke, Washington editor at the Spectator and a blank a senior Blankley fellow at the Steamboat Institute. Uh, the name of the book: The Snowflakes Revolt: How Woke Millennials Hijacked American Media. Always appreciate the time and the analysis. Thanks, Chris. That puts a wrap on this Salcedo's Torn podcast. Two websites, folks. You know them. TexasScoreCard.com and ChrisSalcedo.com. Head there to get informed, folks. Both places. Until we visit again, my friends, remember this. A society's worth is not measured by how much power is stolen by an out-of-control government. It is measured by how much power is reserved for you and me. We, the people. You stay vigilant out there, my friends.